0: what's up what's up what's up what's up everybody it is thirsty smurfing thursday i'm gonna welcome everyone aboard the soul train uh, i hope you enjoyed uh the video of our podcast that came out if you don't know what i'm talking about i'm talking about burn and return uh if you've never listened to burn and return That is on you, my friend, and that is an absolute problem. It's on all your favorite podcast apps. In fact, we put our Thirsty Thursdays on our podcast apps too. And uh, so that way, while you're out grinding in your day job, you can throw us in the earbuds while you're mowing lawns, pulling soil samples, uh, sending emails to customers, processing invoices, spraying yards, uh, kissing babies, and all the other fun stuff that you do while you're out in the world uh that's that's why we do that anyway uh we mentioned another uh youtuber by name and the title it was said uh what was the title uh ron henry that claim is not on the label i think it was and uh it was it was controversial uh we had Mm. actually we only have one person get mad at us about the ron Mm. henry part and, uh, and then the, the, there was a, a little bit of just, you know, more like public policy and, and some, what I thought was actually pretty good discourse on that. Um, yes, and, that uh, other guy. but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he, he wrote a lot, <laughs> he had a lot to mm-hmm. say, but it was funny because you could tell he actually put thought into every aspect of it. And I was like, well, yes. even though I don't agree with it, I can't appreciate the fact that he put that much thought and effort into it. And uh mm-hmm. and it's it's okay to disagree, right? I there were some of it I did agree on, there were some of it I didn't agree on, and I I thought it was it was yeah, great. Yeah, actually.
1: same. I, yeah, same. Oh. I mean, I, I thought some of it was good, some of it was I'm not too sure about that. Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, right. I, I, I mean, because it, but then you see, in the end, he did agree that you know what has to happen is a reasonable answer and sure a compromise that there's not going to be winners and losers because yep. you see Matt when i hear somebody make the statement winning i actually want to pound them <laughs> you, know, you know when somebody makes that statement winning i want to pound them out because that mentality does not help help solve problems that makes things worse
0: yeah um wait wait do we have Mm -hmm. another one here why did what where did this one come from he does it he just needs to stick to that seems nice just incorrect surf advice uh had a a nice comment there i thought that was actually pretty good yeah Um, yeah you know it is it is what it is and you know but anyway um uh by the way we have a guest tonight lawn care monster matt how the hell are you doing sir
2: i'm doing well how are y'all doing
0: good we're good uh matt If you can't hear it, he's another Southern boy, uh, by the grace of God. And, uh, so excited that he is on the show tonight. I don't have to hear any, uh, garbage ass accents. I get to hear people, uh, more near and dear to my heart, even though he is from the state of Kentucky. And I think everybody knows how I feel about the state of Kentucky, but you know what? There are diamonds in the rough and Matt is a diamond in the rough. And, uh, there's good people there, right? That many years. And damn, Madisonville, yes. Kentucky deserves all the all the awards and good graces because my goodness, what a part of the country that that place is! Everybody talks about when they think Kentucky, they think Appalachia. No, man, you need to go experience Western Kentucky. It, that's a that's a that's an experience over there.
2: It, it's beautiful here. Um, I love taking the fall drives. We'll we'll go out. My family and I will go out. For at least an hour, two hours drive, just driving to the middle of nowheres, you know, in the western part of Kentucky. It's just beautiful.
3: With, uh, so, are you from there, born and raised?
2: No, I was actually born in Florida, and then I moved to um, to Indiana for a while. But I have grown up here uh, a good part of my life. I moved away, and then I came back to Massville, and I, I've been here probably... Since 7 seven, I've been back here in oh, okay. So this is where I reside now.
0: Okay.
3: Okay. How old
2: are you? Right. I am thirty-six. Oh yes. I'm uh, I'm 37,
3: so we're we're
0: still <laughs> um, Yeah. I hear you there. <laughs> oh, no, uh, where where at in Florida? Were you in the panhandle or were you further south? New
2: Newport Richie.
0: Newport Richie? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I got a uh, uh, you know, Clearwater right there by Clearwater. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. yeah, so I, I didn't my, get I didn't get the experience gone, all yeah. of it because I had left um, a little yeah, yeah. bit. I probably left before I was like,
0: okay, okay.
2: Uh, was military or uh, just y'all? No, nah, just family it? moved. Yeah, just my family had lived oh, down yeah. there working and stuff, and so that's where I, that's where all my family. When did you get into lawn care? So I, I didn't know. Um, How's going to bring us up, but the, <laughs> I, I guess the <laughs> shortest answer, I'll try to give a short answer. Um, when I was on, uh, we, we moved in, in Massville and we had a, a, it was a nice neighborhood and the lawn just wasn't satisfactory. And so mm-hmm. um, I had started researching and shout out to uh, Pete Danny. Um, I has found his videos and so yep. the more I got into it, the more I started finding, you know, Matt, the grass factor. And and All I right. got into, you know, fertilizing and stuff. <laughs> um, and so that was uh, when I redone my lawn, uh, I had been watching a lot of YouTube videos. And when I done it, it was the satisfaction when I walked out and I seen this nice, beautiful green lawn. And I was like, this really feels amazing walk out of a nice home and have a nice lawn because around here people have really nice houses, but they really don't care about the lawns. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, if I can make people feel the way I feel about the lawns, then that would be my ultimate goal. And so when I started mowing lawns, I keep that in mind. So that way I never lose the, where I started, you know what I'm saying? So. It's like, I want people to love their lawn, like they love their home and have a beautiful lawn. They can go out and drink coffee out on their porch and enjoy a nice green lawn. And that's what my goal is. I would, every time I meet somebody, that's what I tell them. So I'm going to treat your lawn like I treat mine because I want you to feel the same way I felt about mine. And that's kind of how it all started uh, about three years ago, four Years ago, I actually started getting into the business, but I actually renovated my lawn probably about six years ago, I guess it was.
3: No,
0: I, I love it. And I, and I have to say that I feel like the people who not just get into it, but really stick it out in, in this industry, there is something about that uh, visual impact of the before and after um, <laughs> that hits them and a while phrase this way at least in a in a spiritual way right and yeah, uh and, it it's, does. and it's something that that lingers and it lasts with you and it makes you appreciate uh the world around you a little bit more right and um it does you know and i, I would say easily without a doubt that you know turf uh for certain uh saved my life i i was definitely on no sort of good trajectory uh, until, until I, you know, ha- had the experience and for me, it was on the golf course. Right. And, uh, having, having that experience of, of seeing that come together, uh, was just nutty. Right. And, and watching grass grow in, it was nutty. And then being able to take it from like, you know, three inch Bermuda grass to a half inch, super tight Bermuda grass. It was, it was nutty and it just, it did something inside my brain that I, I I don't know. And I always refer to this, you know, my favorite part, there's, there's always those few days of ye- a year as an applicator or w- no matter what side of the business you're in, there's a few days a year where you are on either a lakefront property or just a nice ass property in the woods. Everything smells perfect. The birds sound perfect. The sun is perfect. The temperature is perfect. And it is so impactful. It makes the entire year of people calling you lawn boy or whatever else happens through the course of the year completely worth it. And it can be like two moments a year that are so impactful that will draw you in for 363 days out of the 365. It's nuts. I don't think there's any other industry like that in the world.
2: It is so much satisfaction and it does it just like you said it does something to you but meeting the people who care so much about your lawn i love talking to them sometimes i get involved in too much talking to them you know but it's like when people feel that you love their lawn just as much as they love their lawn then it's like you have that connection with them people here don't want to feel like that you're just coming and mowing go they they want to feel like you're taking pride in their lawn just like you would your own. And that's, if I ever lose that in my business, then I've lost it. And that's probably when I'll stop. But whenever I leave the lawn and I turn back and look, and say, man, really proud of that. I really love the way, you know, that turned out. I really love the way those weeds, you know, are gone. It looks so much better. <laughs> the fertilizer, you know, it's greening up, you know, like you wanted it to. That's what it's all about, you know and people walk around their lawn and walk around their subdivision and and people are looking at it it's not so much pride but it, you feel good that you're making the owner and other people feel good about their space around them does that mm-hmm. make sense and and yeah. and that's oh, yeah. kind of that's ultimately honestly how I feel about the business that I'm in and I want to keep doing that I don't want to ever get to a place where I'm doing this for the paycheck at the end of the week, or I'm doing this because I have nothing else to do. I have something else to do. That's a whole lot easier than running a lawn care business. But the impact that I want to make on people's lawn is what I truly, I love it. Yeah. No,
0: I think, that's, I think that's, that's commendable as hell. Go ahead, right. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, that is, that is your reason. That is your reason for, uh, for doing this because, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, It is something different when you can look back and you can say, okay, I did this, you know, I did this, it looks good, and it's also a special feeling when you look around in that neighborhood and what you did stands out. It looks different, and in a good way, (laughs) you know, that's... uh, That's a, that's a good feeling. I mean, I, I, and I always tell people when they ask me, oh, don't you advertise, do this, do that, do other. And I tell them my only advertisement is, is I don't want to be embarrassed to be seen walking into that property.
3: You know, that would it. be really bad. I've, I've had a few of those moments. I'm not going to lie. There have been
0: times I have not left a flag in a yard because I don't want anyone to know that I treat that yard.
4: That's so I've funny.
0: That. I've done that more times than I could count. And I and to be honest, it's like one of the reasons why I'm glad I'm on this side of the industry now instead of still on that side, because uh, a a lot of, i would say that my number one mistake that i continue to make over and over was my level of emotional investment in every customer right not only would i be emotionally invested into the customer but also the property itself right and i kind of treated them as one and the mm-hmm. same and uh and so uh i would i would end up getting in, myself in. i would make bad business decisions based off emotions uh too mm-hmm. frequently Um, and, Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, if I could, could I have continued to grow my business in that path? Yes, I could have, but it just would have been more and more painful as it went on. Right. Because at some point you have to detach emotionally. And then you, as you get bigger, then you have to detach even more emotionally. And then as you get bigger, you have to detach even more emotionally. Right. And then the further that I detached emotionally, Um, you know, it, it began, it just, you know, I, it wasn't enjoyable anymore. Right. And, uh, and I'm, I'm lucky now that on this side, I still get that fulfillment because I get to work with the people that, um, you know, I, I I get to work more on the creative side of things. Right. And not, uh, not so much just, uh, being deeply intimately, uh, personal with, with people on their own homes, you know? And I think, I think there is something with that emotional connection comes that when you're visiting people on their home, on their driveway, around their cars mm-hmm. with keys to their gates and everything else that, that you have with you, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, it's different. Right. And it is, there's a completely different connection there. And, uh, and so it gets, you know, it gets touchy sometimes. And so anyway, um that as a as a struggle of mine uh i'm i'm glad i don't have to deal with that anymore because it's, it's so much easier to uh not be so emotionally invested with uh every customer on a deeply personal level like in their home kind of thing right none of my customers right. that i have right now i have have i ever been in their home or at their home i don't even know what their house looks like and i'm thankful for that <laughs>
3: That's it would a good change thing. It would change it.
0: the name of the game right you know <laughs> so uh matt you're on here uh and we were talking about a little bit in the show that uh one of the things you were interested in doing was doing like an all in one type of package uh but i wanted to uh i wanted to open open it up to you you wanted to come on is there what what are some highlights of some things you want to cover tonight that we can help you with September.
2: well yeah for for sure i'll, I'll go over a couple of things um that that i kind of have written down my my program um needs to be tightened up a little bit and and i'm here to take some criticism on you know the products i use um one of them uh you know i asked a question the other day about q4 um i'm definitely getting ready in that now i probably yeah. won't be using that no more <laughs> 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 after what you said the other night about it so uh, but, but basically the, the, the main things uh, I have one Bermuda one, uh-huh. um, that I would like to go over more in depth because it's a, it's a lot different than it is than taking care of a fescue lawn. Um, okay. and so, so the main, maybe if we go over that one at the end of the, you know, talking about the fescue lawns, that would be great. Or if you want to hit that one first, you got any
1: preference. Uh. Up to you. Yeah, I mean, up to
3: you. So, yeah, yeah, we'll
0: we'll we'll do we'll do the Bermuda one second because uh we're actually okay. going to tee up with the fescue.
2: Um So, all right, okay. how many how many so, rounds do you do on fescue? So I started with seven. Seems to be more comfortable for me, and and right. I have I have it down here, um and I got some prizes and stuff I use. I, I just didn't know what you was getting into or what you wanted you to can know. Get into whatever, but you basically. Want. <laughs> But basically what I wanted uh to tell you was uh I go off I start off with Stonewall. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll start there. Um mm-hmm. some people say don't split it, some people do. I've always split mine and I've got pretty good results with Stonewall. Some people say split it, um or use a full rate of that and then go in with dimension. Yeah, don't do um, that. Um No, don't do that. Um I, I've heard that so <laughs> I've stuck with Stonewall with the fertilizer mix and so So granular. Um granular, correct. Okay. It's gran uh it's, it's actually simple. Stonewall zero uh forty three percent plus fertilizer. Uh-huh. If that helps you out. Um, yep. And and yep. and I moved all my products from um site one to advanced turf solution, that's where I get all my stuff at now. Okay. Um, uh, what I, fertilizer
0: right? analysis do you have on that, on that, uh, uh, prodiamine? What say the, it it does it come on like a, a
3: 1404,
2: an 1106, uh, an 007? I do not have it. If you give me a minute, I can pull it up, but I do not have it in front of me at the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you don't mind, go ahead. Go ahead and pull that up. Um, okay. And I'll, I'll just, I'll talk while you pull that up. So um, there's a a couple of things, right? I think uh, number one is that, yes, 100% uh, split apps, in my opinion, makes the most sense. And the reason why is that if you make any mistake in your first application, chances are your second application, you're going to be able to cover that up. Um, So that kind of redundancy helps. Uh, The other thing, too, is extending that duration of control. Uh, because prodiamine followed by prodiamine has, uh, a compounding complementary effect. Um, and then, but, but, and I'm going to, I'm going to make this extremely clear. Prodiamine followed by dimension offers you nothing additional. Um, the only thing that you would get additional out of dimension would be if you applied single use max rate and sprayed it as a liquid, uh, dimension does not couple on top of prodiamine. It is not going to make prodiamine last any shorter. And then if you start doing a max rate of prodiamine followed by a max rate of dimension, then that would effectively be running like 2x the rate uh, max rate of of prodiamine because even though they're the same mode of action, the two different AIs do not compound each other. They do not complement each other. So they're not adding two. Uh, but you're just getting the full effect of one followed by the full effect of the other. Uh, and think about that. It's the same mode of action, right? And so effectively, you would be doubling up on a single-use max rate. Uh, and that is going to end up creating problems for you at some point. You may get away with it for a period of time, but at some point when the conditions are are there and happening, uh, it will create a problem for you. Don't Don't do that. Where I like to use dimension is if I pick up a customer in round two or round three, and it is my first application on the lawn, then I will spray single use max rate dimension because of its potential, if sprayed with a surfactant, to catch early stage crap. It's not the best at it, but it can potentially help. And I think you would see if you ran a full rate. Of prodiamine in round two or round three versus a full rate of dimension round two or round three, you would notice significantly better control of crabgrass with a single max rate of dimension rather than a single max rate of prodiamine. Okay. Again, I want to make this clear. If anybody is trying to sell you that it makes sense to go prodiamine followed by dimension, don't, you do not have to do that you would have to do that uh prodiamine plus quinclorac would be cheaper than a full rated dimension though uh i have i have no idea off the top of my head at some point i've done that math uh, i don't think it was um however and, it, it, Matt, and, and that's if you're here's the uh, here's the thing it, you may here's be looking at about brand doing,
1: name dimension but here's the thing about doing quinclorac plus a prodiamine at I consider that app actually to be the more sure thing in cases where you know you're late on your pre and just to make double damn sure, it would even be worth it for me to add miso-tryon or tenacity to that app if I knew I was definitely late. However, you know, going back to what Matt said, you can only count on dimension or dethopier on crabgrass that is still at the 2 to 4 leaf stage after that you're kind of too late so i guess the the precaution is to be very careful about somebody trying to sell you dimension because i agree dimension does have its uses but then i believe it has been vastly oversold
3: yeah so uh
0: this is a I, relatively recent price list and i'm i'm seeing uh it'd be just under 200 dollars a gallon for uh dithia pier what is what is the full rate uh do you know that off the top of your head um is that quart, two pints an acre a
1: quart, quart per acre yeah, of so
0: a quart per acre uh so that would be, uh, let's see, two hundred divided $50, by uh, fifty dollars. yeah, fifty dollars an acre. $50. So yeah, that's that's definitely cheaper than uh, Prodiamine plus Quinclorac.
1: However, you know, dimension was never intended as a post-emergent herbicide. Never. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, if you start to see like crabgrass beyond the Four leaf uh, stage, I'd say. At ah, scrap the uh, dimension idea and knock it out with Quinclorac before it becomes a question. <laughs> Just knock it out.
4: <laughs> and I, I
3: wasn't able Ev- to
2: find that, Matt. It's, it's all right uh One mm-hmm. the thing I was going to say, Evie, is
0: that if I actually saw crabgrass, like, and I see it, see it, right. If it's in the, in the two, one, two tiller stage, I'm not going to be able to see that at all. Period. Zero, none, not going to be able to see it. And, uh, and so then that's why I'm applying dimension. If I see it and it's at the canopy, (laughs) then yeah, Quinn Clorac is, is the only option there. Uh, but, but I'm going to make that very clear that if I see it in a yard, it's
2: way, 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 way too late. Uh, what are we going to say, Matt? Mm. Um, I, I was just gonna say. Um, so the the stone wall for diamond mean, is yep. what uh, I go out and and so I have the round one is like in February or March, and I do go out with a little bit of quinway or quinclorac. Um, I will use. Uh, uh, I think the quinway is what I use uh, most of the time, um, and so I'll spray those. The first round, if February or March, if there's a lot of weeds, um, and then um, I will come back out in um, May with the Stonewall again. Um, when do you start? Is what I February or March with the okay. pre-emergence.
0: Okay, so then you're going out when April, May on the next one. Uh
2: huh. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then my, my round three, uh, I'll go ahead and give you these right here. Are you putting those in? Yep,
3: yep, I'm um, writing them
2: down. Okay. Um, and then my round three will be June. Okay. Round four would be July. Okay. Five is August. Yep. And then September to October, which I think I'm going to start um, in the first week of September doing my – um seeding aerating and fertilizing yeah. It, yeah. It, sometimes and, and i've heard you know we'll get there but i've heard a mixed feelings about the fertilizer when seeding but um and then waiting a couple of weeks but we'll we'll get there if y'all want to um yep. but but then i'll go out with the uh, stone and then i'll start with um celebrate um and when i usually go out in uh may the last week of may um, okay. and then I'll put another one out maybe in July is when I'm, it's now these are kind of rough depending on, these are just, you know, my go buys. And then, um, I have about six yards that are ate up with nimble wheel. Um, Woo. and so I have been trying to implement, uh, pile X, if I'm correct and tenacity uh-huh. together uh, with the surfactant to help kill those. And I tell them that um, sometimes it's like at least two rounds if it needed um, to help kill that nimble oil. But what happens is, you know, when I tell them it's going to be white and it's going to be, you may have some bare spots, you know, if it kills it until September or whatever. And some people get a little bit discouraged. When it comes to that, you know. So, it, w- what I've read is the hottest part of the summer is when, or the peak time of the nimble wheel growing is the best time to kill it.
3: Yeah. Um. All right. All right. So we'll, we'll we'll come back to
0: the nimble will. I I wrote that down. Okay. Uh, so we've got we've got stonewall, stonewall, a celeprin,
2: a Then what else? Okay, and then, um, and all of this has fertilizer in it. I just don't have, I can't find, the um, yeah, I, I can't find uh, for some reason. I, I thought I had them written down. I apologize about that. That's um, I mean. And then, and then I usually, um, the tenacity, if I go out by itself, will help clean up some of the broadleaves. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
2: But some, I've been known to, uh, with her surfactant and stuff. Um, and in the middle of the summer, I really don't like spraying in the middle of the summer because it's either super hot and nobody likes water in their lawns and stuff like it. Cause everything's dying. So I really don't like spraying for weeds in the middle of the summer. So hopefully I'll take care of those in the pre-emergence and stuff will help take care of the ones that I've been taking care of, you know, for more than a year. Hopefully we won't have a lot in the summer. Um, I don't know if y'all agree with that, but maybe is there something that I can do in the winter or summer to spray? No, I know.
1: Okay. Here's where I deal with weeds. Uh, I like to deal with my weeds in the bookends of the season. And that would mean spring, meaning round round one and round two, or my other preferred time is probably in that september to october time frame when you're out of summer because when you're out of summer that gives you the option of using stuff that actually works
3: i'm i'm a bit more
0: aggressive than that and uh and we'll we'll get into that um so in in uh what do you do in august
2: uh, in August is, um, I have a slow release. I don't have it on here, but I try to, uh, find a slow release fertilizer, mm-hmm. pretty slow to put down in the summertime. And if okay. they're watering the lawns, you know, I tell them, I say, Hey, if you're not going to water the lawns and we're really, you know, been in kind of a drought, then there's no sense in me putting anything down. So I kind of ask them, are you going to water the lawns? Are you going to wait for the rain to take care of the fertilizer? And so I just kind of base it off of that, whether I put something down or not. Okay.
3: Okay. And then September, October, you're seeding.
0: Yes. Okay. And then your last one, are you?
2: What are you? What are you doing for your last step? Like a forty-six zero zero is what I've been using for a winterizer. Uh-huh. Um. And I really don't know if you even need a winterizer. I just don't know if that's a if that's a, just a selling point for people. No. Or if it uh, actually is beneficial.
0: Uh uh, it, it is beneficial, especially especially in your area. Um uh, but uh, uh, we'll be wary of the word winterizer, and we'll we'll go over that as we get there. Yeah. All right. We're so get
1: into that. We're get into
0: that. yeah, we'll we'll start with round one and round two here, right? Prodiamine, uh, Quinway. Uh, I don't I don't like Quinway either. Um, I if you if you where I would use something like Quinway, uh, which by the way is is going to be a. Um,
3: uh, it's, it's, it's just quinclorac, right? Uh, that's a, it's a, right. it's a generic form of, of quinclorac.
0: I use it as a tank mix companion, but as a standalone product, I don't like it a lot, except in very specific circumstances. Uh, and that would be like, for example, the heat of summer or the hotter part of, of, uh, early fall. Okay. Outside of that, um, not just a giant fan, uh, it, uh, except when it's tank mixed with other things. So what I would be looking to do, and especially what I know in your area, there is, um, a, a couple of things that you can consider, right? There are a lot of phenoxy herbicides that are out there. And When I say phenoxy herbicides, uh those are going to be things that work on hormonal pathways of broadleaf, broadleaf weeds. And it's what typically causes that causes that curling and twisting. And normally it'll contain something that that either has MCPA or mechaprop and dicamba and uh, uh you know maybe one of the followings, Triclopyr, Fluoroxapyr, uh 2-4D. So it's going to be a combination of one of those. Typically, it's traditionally called a three-way, right? And that your dollar-for-dollar your dollar dollar type of, of approach there, uh, especially early season coming out in February of March, makes way more sense using that than Clorac. I wouldn't even consider Clorac coming off the truck until
3: April, May. Okay. No problem there.
1: Um, Or, if not April-May, Quincloret goes in September-October, and the reason why is you do Quincloret so that you've hit things like clover and violet before winter. Okay? So that if you hit it in the fall-winter, Mm-hmm. then you're going to have less of an issue with it next spring. And can, can I ask y'all other, something? Yes.
2: I, I'm sorry, right, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um mm-hmm. th- th- 24 D. I don't really like using 24 D. You don't have um, to.
1: You don't have to. Is, because and, what I'm gonna tell what I'm gonna tell you is normally unless I have a reason to do it, my preferred broadleaf herbicide to be paired with your quinclorac application is actually triclopyr. And you can get triclopyr 4E in 2.5-gallon jugs for relatively cheap nowadays. It's not that expensive. Because I know back 15, 20 years ago, Triclopyr was only sold as Turflon ester, and they wanted about $400 for the 200, two and a half gallon jug. But nowadays you can get Triclopyr in a two and a half gallon jug for half that. And your use rate on that Triclopyr is as low as 16 ounces per acre. And it pairs oh, wow. very nicely with, you no, know, and it pairs very nicely with your quinclorac. It's a very nice combination. And that I've seen pick up the majority of your problem weeds. You know, the weeds that cause your problems. Like what I've heard from people is that violet and clover and chickweed tends to thumb its nose at a regular three-way application. I mean, people tell me I've been using, you know, three-way or trimic, and the clover, the violet, and the chickweed is still here and it's not phased by it or it's like barely wilted by it. I said, okay, if that's the case, either you add... 16 ounce per acre of triclopyr to your existing three-way, or you can get a little more aggressive with it, and bump up your triclopyr to a full quart per acre, and then see see what happens.
2: Yep. So, um, can you are... can you remind me again what all is in the the three-way real quick?
0: Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of, stuff. uh, it,
2: it can be prop,
0: okay. Dicamba, MCPA, Triclopyr, Fluoroxapyr. It depends on the formulation you get. And that's, I'm about to share with you right here in it. And I'm, I'm going to send you a spreadsheet that has a lot of this stuff in it too. So don't, don't worry too okay. much about it from the get go. Yeah. Um, it but over okay. new, down. <laughs> new farm is a, uh, a manufacturer of products. And if you're, if you're getting from advanced turf or even site one, they sell new farm products. If you want to talk to someone at New Farm, there is only one person that I would ever recommend. I love this guy, uh, one of my all-time favorite people in the industry. And I'm going to put his Facebook on here because you can message him on Facebook. Uh, Brian, okay. I, I would not put tri here on, on St. Augustine.
1: Yeah, uh, but Rod, right. Rod Marquardt,
0: mm-hmm. you, you can uh, message uh, Rod on uh, – I call him Canada Rod. He's from Canada. Um, he's uh, he's in Florida now, and he is uh, an account manager for uh, uh, New, Farm, New Farm. And the guy is incredibly knowledgeable. Uh, the guy, literally, his whole career is dedicated to studying herbicides and helping lawn care guys find the appropriate product to solve problems. Uh, what I like about New Farm when you go to their website, they they list you know different things here like Cool Power. Is going to be a two four D formulation. I believe Escalate Two is a two four D uh, formulation. I think it's also a low odor formulation. Uh, Actually, they Cool have- Power
1: is Cool Power is a little different in that Cool Power is a two four D free three way Matt and mm-hmm. Matt. I mean, I if I believe Cool Power is MCPA, triclopyr, and dicamba, and that. I've found to be an extremely active and effective 2, 4 D free three way. It has yes, all, it the, all the power of 2, 4 D without the 2, 4 D and the use rates on that cool power are very economical because you're talking about only what quart per acre on that stuff too. It's not yep. a lot.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, another one is, uh, is horsepower uh horsepower is a, a, a little bit hotter it's mcpa triclopyr and dicamba um mm-hmm. uh, it has a little bit higher uh temperature restriction too so you can uh, apply it when it is a little bit uh warm outside uh, I, I in fact i think the temperature is up to 90 uh degrees on okay that you know one. the you or, know the horsepower oh, wow. matt
1: uh-huh. horsepower I, I have... is essentially the same formulation as cool power except Horsepower is a non-volatile amine formulation, and apparently you can do that in summer if you have to. You can do horsepower. I would save cool power, though, for spring and fall applications. I would definitely recommend cool power for spring and fall, but then horsepower, if you had to do a weed cleanup in the summer, horsepower would be a definite option. And it would work. Yep. And I don't think that horsepower two is very expensive either, according to its use rate. It's rather economical. I mean, it's
0: uh Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's they're they're it's they're very affordable. Um it's not that bad. Uh, though, another <laughs> one is change up. Uh change up is MCPA fluorox pier Dicamba. Um mm-hmm. also has temperature restriction at 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh it uh, it also has a um uh a, a label that allows it to be applied to St Augustine as well too but a uh, much lower uh temperature restriction there but also 24D free so there's there's a lot of options i'd say new farm is probably the most advanced of manufacturers right now uh that are um uh non 24D formulations uh hogan's hideout is asking you know why not 24D 24D uh, is without a doubt non debatably linked to uh, cancer in dogs. Um, uh, it, as far as, as humans, I, that is, that is not established. I do not, I have not seen any research that shows it is uh, car- carcinogenity to, uh, towards humans, uh, but towards dogs specifically, there is, uh, mm-hmm. some data there. So I do not blame anyone for wanting to go to 4d at all, but new farm is without a doubt. The number one manufacturer, Darryl in my leader. opinion. Yeah. Darryl in uh, in and, 2, you know, 4d.
1: formulations and, and, you know, Can I throw a rink on yeah. this? Yep. Sure.
2: So, um, a lot in, in the summertime when nut sedge becomes an issue. And around here, mm-hmm. Massaville, nut sedge, um, yellow and purple. And um, there's another one I'm thinking of all the time. I can't think of it. Um, Kalinga. Um, but is, but is Kalinga. Kalinga. Species? Yes, Kalinga. Yep. Uh, uh-huh. People around here think Kalinga is like a grass. uh (laughs) it's it's you know grass grows like this and then Klinga grows like that and they're like look you know it's so it's um i bought solero to help uh mitigate these issues but here's the problem i've been having with this um you, it's not a very good product mixed in with everything else. So no. I'm having a hard time finding a way to use solero in a yard and still not charging the customer an arm and a leg for three different products in the summertime, when I'm still trying to stick with the seven step program. Does that make sense? So yeah, what all right, so.
0: All right. Hang on. Let me let me stop you right there. This is where it's going to get extremely difficult, right? Because if you are dealing with a yard that has that much pressure that warrants a blanket application for nut sedge control products, especially ones that are going to require control of an even more difficult to control carrot species like uh, Kalinga, that is where you're getting into higher dollar materials, right? uh can you get away with sulfentrazone in that situation yeah if it's not hot outside or you get out there early or it's not too dry right uh but if it is any of those things especially when it gets dry or you're you're in that cusp right where you've been getting a lot of rain the grass is on point and then you've got like 2 weeks ahead of you of no rain and then you go make an application of sulfentrazone and it tip burns the holy bejesus out of the entire yard. And then it gets no rain after that. Mm -hmm. And it takes about a month for it to all grow back out and be cut off. And it makes you look really bad. Right. So the, Uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, I, I like where you're thinking like, well, what, what can I do and still get Kalinga Solero would actually probably be a great, a great product there. Right now. This is where you have to have to keep in mind. Right. To keep from from charging on that, I don't see how that's possible now until that comes off patent. Right? Um, when it when it comes off patent, and we are still probably four or five years away until that comes off patent, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think you're going to get away from it because at full rate at sixteen ounces an acre, I mean you are spending a chunk of chip. What is that? Two hundred bucks an acre for the application, something like that. Two hundred Two hundred
1: plus. 20 yeah. plus and uh, this is like where,
0: you can't you can't bake that can't. in to the and cost.
1: I'm going to also tell you one more one more thing about doing nut sedge control and sedge control because I know Matt even did a a video on this and he kind of took uh from my philosophy on nut sedge control in that when I have a lawn that has high nut sedge pressure it is understood that I'm going to be doing something like
3: the following. Sulfintrazone
1: in spring before it gets hot. That goes into round one and round two and round three. Then, for the remaining Sedge breakthrough, then I will look at targeted applications of Celero or Sedgehammer but you have to of course know your lawns and if you know they have a Sedge issue that's where I'm thinking this lawn gets broadcast sulfentrazone in the spring before it gets so hot that the sulfentrizone is going to fry the lawn I mean, it, it, it's it's so kind you of a, would,
2: so you would spray it three different times before the summer. So, y- venture on, yes. Zone. yes. And so,
0: and it and it would go like spot like spray this. Spray with Solero. Yes. No.
2: Yes. You, well,
0: you probably won't yeah. have to spot spray with Solero. Uh, is kind of the nice thing about it, right? What is You not have to.
2: On venture zone.
1: Uh, yeah. So, but how you many times cool season?
0: It? Would be four, four ounces, ounces an in acre. Okay. France is in three times. It would be it would be like this, like on your first ProDiamine application of the year. So while you're out there in February and March, you're spraying it mm-hmm. with sulfentrazone, four ounces an acre. You would also be applying your 24 D formulation of, of new farm products to catch your broadleaf weeds. You would also be applying ProDiamine, right? And if you All if you do that out. correctly all at the same time, right? That your, your yes, cost yes you per thousand square foot on that should probably be somewhere around like a fifty a thousand square feet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on your second application, you'd be doing the same thing. Prodiamine plus a three-way plus another four ounces per acre of sulfentrazone. And then mm-hmm. your third round, right? You're in, uh, so then your third round, you might be doing just sulfentrazone. I know there you like to do a Celeprin on a fertilizer. And mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna push back on that, but it, it would be your round three, right? Uh sorry, I knocked my mic cable out, but it, it would be three sequential rounds that you would do that at four ounces per acre each round. So three applications at four ounces per acre gives you a total of twelve ounces per acre.
2: That is gonna be that's max some of the moral,
0: total. That's max total. And what that okay. also does is that that is primarily going to give you season-long control in almost like a pre-emergent-like capacity of your carrot species. So your yellow nutsedge, your purple nutsedge, your Kalingas, uh, mm-hmm. it's in effect a, a, uh, a pre-emergent of sorts against those species. Like and by applying it at four ounces per acre in each application, you're going to avoid a lot of the damage that you do to the grass by trying to come in there and spot spray or run six ounces an acre at one time and then tip burn the, the crap out of the grass
1: and the other th- and the other benefit of doing that much sulfintrazone is that that, that much sulfentrione also has a very positive effect on broadleaf weeds and grassy weed species too, because sulfentraone is actually used as a broad spectrum pre emergent herbicide in agriculture, mm-hmm. so basically it is okay. adding another hard-hitting mode of action to your prodiamine, so you're getting, like, high-level weed control in a turf area that gets both sulfendrazone and prodiamine. And and here's the thing. Some people may have talked about this FMC combination product called Echelon. I hate Mm -hmm. that product.
3: Yeah. And the reason
1: why I hate that product is because it does not allow me to tailor the amount of prodiamine i'm applying and it also if i'm not mistaken applies an excessively hot rate of sulfentrazone when you're applying it at a at its label rate i mean that's my only bash on fmc is that their sulfentrazone combination products are kind of brutal Because their sulfentrizone rate is way higher than what I like to see it at. Because for me, when I apply sulfentrazone, I'm keeping that at four ounces per acre. I'm not tempted to go to five ounces or six ounces because that is just, it's not worth the damage that it leaves behind. When I can get the same results from doing four ounces and then coming back a month later and applying the next four.
0: What? all right let's (laughs) let let me ask you this why are you doing two rounds of a celebrant
4: Mm.
2: no particular reason but um my my whole thought process was uh i just split the full rate up into it like i would stonewall and you get that same effect is that not the case
3: what are you trying to prevent? Grubs and
2: the grub control mainly, because we have had a lot of issues with grubs around here this year.
3: Uh, Ray, if
0: you're applying in June uh mm-hmm. acelepren, uh, what is the rate on that? Three ounces? More nah
2: you're, you're doing that, like, no you're doing like, you're
1: doing like the you're doing the equivalent of i believe eight ounces, and if you can get down the equivalent of eight ounces of the aciliprene liquid, that's essentially year long if not two year long insect control, but the key is is that the lowest rate of acpren. Is only intended as a curative app on surface feeding caterpillars. It is not recommended for grub prevention. So my preference would actually be to how's this find a way to get the full rate of a sulipryn down in your May or June app. And by full rate, I'm thinking. The equivalent of the eight ounce per acre of the liquid, however, that yeah. translates so in, here, your, in your granular product <laughs> on a granular
0: that is three hundred pounds per acre. Okay, mm-hmm. and you and so I'm assuming I'd say probably the most common one that is out there is going to be a twenty two oh five Grow Star from TCS um not a lot of companies have the ability to carry the a Celebrin label uh, uh and that's that's just due to um uh labeling laws right so um turf care supply is a big enough company that they can support the EPA registration number right and uh, <laughs> here's the thing 300 pounds per acre of a 2205 okay uh that is so much
4: nitrogen.
3: I'm um, uh, 43.5. Yeah. So that's a pound and a half of N in a single app. You're, you're not, you're not going to
0: turn out well doing that June on tall fescue in Kentucky.
1: That's going to be terrible. And I, I, think gonna... I, I, I think that's the reason why
2: I split it up. I think that's the reason why I split it up when I first started talking about doing that, because there was so much nitrogen from the beginning doing a full rate. And so splitting that up, it kind of uh, helped with so much nitrogen going into the summer.
1: I'm going to also
3: ask, is there
1: a particular reason why a lot of these key applications that you do are tied to fertilizer because. I yeah, how seeing... do you apply
3: material?
2: So the so the reason why I have fertilizer in with the cell print stone wall is to essentially not have to do them separate. So mm. it's mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm because I run a permagreen and so. I haven't got skilled to doing spraying and fertilizer at the same time. So I try to knock them out the fertilizer along with the pre-emergent and then I come back and spray you know, something like that. So it's more of a, I'm not as skilled or it's less time consuming to do it that way. It's not a particular you, reason man, you other got, than that. you
0: got to learn how to spray and spread at the same time. <laughs> you, you, and if that's if that's one thing you do this year, you got you got to you got to do it. it is going to open you up so much more. Number one, your pro applications, your first two applications of the year, you're going to save a ton of money. Uh, number two, the results you're going to get out of spraying uh, pro and blanket spray in your we control. Those first two apps is going to be monumentally different than what you've experienced today. So you're going to save money, and you're gonna you're gonna have better results. Uh,
2: so you would recommend the, a liquid prodiamine versus yeah, absolutely. A granular?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, you I, know. I have me? spread
0: I don't know probably three thousand pallets of granular prodiamine over the year, and I've probably sprayed three thousand gallons of liquid prodiamine. And if I had to choose, I would never spread. A bag of granular proteimine again, because the results of comparing the two are not even effing close to one to one. Not even close.
1: Okay, hmm. I'm gonna tell okay. you that as far as these, you know chemical you know, herbicide and, and insecticide type applications, I have never ever looked for granules or fertilizer with pre-emergent, for example. I've always I've always just sprayed it. I've always just sprayed it
3: because by spraying it
1: that puts control of the rate that I'm applying firmly in my hands. Okay? I have control because then I'm not tied to okay, how much Fertilizer, do I have to spread in order to get an even app out? Oh, that's not, not an issue because you just broadcast spray it at the rate that it needs to be applied at, and uh you're not worried about granules anymore. You're not. I mean, it's just not a not a concern. Whereas with the granules, it turns into an issue of because these granules are of a certain size. And the granules land so far apart. What does that do to my weed control efficacy, for example? So, hands down, if you can, or or in others, my 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 statement would be, is if you can find a formulation that can be mixed into a tank with water and sprayed out. That's the formulation that you use.
4: Yeah. Okay, that's so, the formulation
1: used for choice. <laughs>
0: the this is this is one thing. Okay, and I I uh seriously, Matt, I use a permagreen for I can't say eight years of my career. Uh I did every property, every round, with every product basically that is on the market today with my permagreen. I have sprayed more random shit out of my permagrain that would make Ray, uh, want to jump in front of traffic. Uh, I've sprayed carbaryl. I've sprayed Megazab. I've sprayed Daconil. Uh, you, you name it. I have put it through a permagrain and people are going to breathe down your neck and laugh at you for doing it at a quart per thousand. But I promise you in a lawn care capacity, if you're, if you're trying to maintain, you know, uh, 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 a thousandth of an inch bent grass, don't do it. If you're trying to maintain a thousandth of an inch uh, uh, Bermuda, Bermuda greens, don't do it. In four inch fescue, you're going to get away with it just fine. Uh, somebody mentioned spraying water. What I like to do to to practice spraying with it is uh, when, when I would train people's, I'd put blue dye in it, a real low rate of blue dye, and I would just spray over and over, over and over. So that way I could see where I was going, right? And what I normally did was, I would paint the inside and then do a trim pass. I've got a video on YouTube where I modified my trim nozzle just to make it easier. I put it over my right tire. Uh, so that way I could see where my trim nozzle was spraying and I would do my trim passes with that. Okay. And, uh, uh, it is, it is going to be a total life changer for you because you can do two things at one time all year long.
2: The The hardest thing with the PermaGreen. And I don't want to get too far off subject, but I I love talking about the Permagrain because it makes Ray cringe every time you mention the word. It'd be all right. Um but it it's the hardest part about the permagreen is getting close to the edges of like the the landscaping without burning the, the bushes, the, the flowers or whatnot that's so in there. You know there's a and trim. The trim path, there, right? Well mm-hmm. e well, even the trim passes sometimes don't even go as wide as the the tires, right? Yeah, Cause you
0: got to tilt your, your, uh, nozzle more forward. If it's not going as wide as the wheels, you have to lift it to make it point more forward. So you'll okay. see in that video, I literally plumbed it to stick over my right tire and outward. So that way I can watch the, the, the 80 degree pattern coming off of it and see mm-hmm. exactly where I'm hitting on that right edge. And so that way, if I want to get within six millimeters of a line of Forsythia bushes, I can do it no problem, Um, because I know that that I am watching exactly where it's spraying right over my right tire. It's not underneath the machine; it is right in front of the right tire. And uh, and that's just always
2: been my biggest fear with that, you know, uh, around the landscaping. You know, I don't want a customer calling me and, uh, hey, you know, you you burn all my Bushes and and stuff. Last time you he was here, yeah. So I tried to, yeah. So I really try to be careful when it comes to that. And so um, to uh, talk to to say what you were saying to see it, I will uh, most of the time I will try to idle it so I can see where it's going. So I won't full trigger it. I will see uh-huh. where it's going. That's the only way that I can see it is uh-huh. you know doing a half throttle on it with it you know with the y pattern so i kind of narrow it down as i'm going with my hand because i kind of control it that way instead of using the trim pass but if i can use the trim pass i'd rather do that that way i can see it you know so i'll have to watch that video that you're talking about
0: yeah and 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 look the only way you should run a permagreen because it's the way the pump is calibrated is full throttle right so if you're having to half throttle mm. it, you're going to get a wild variation on your spray pattern altogether that, yeah, right. it may be shrinking, but then even your droplets within the area that you're hitting are not going to be sufficient. And so it's going to create a lot of problems for you. So definitely, definitely don't do it that way uh, because that, it's going to be inconsistent rate uh, of material that you're, that you're even getting across the weeds that you're spraying there because you're not getting enough pressure to direct the spray um, at the, at the appropriate amount. So your nozzles are going to be, is it's not, your nozzle is not, uh, uh, fit for that low of pressure that you're using. So you're, you're not going to get correct. Okay. Though, but, um, so what, w- and what that would allow you to do is that number, number one is on the pro it's going to give you so much more flexibility on your rates, right? Like where you are in Madisonville, a pound and a quarter of, a a pound of AI of, of prodiamine, right? So say you're, when you get it as a liquid, you're probably going to get it as a, as a a water soluble powder or water dispersible powder powder. And, uh, and you know, it is in one pound of it. It has 0.6, it's 65% active ingredient. So 0.65, right? So if Mm -hmm. you ran, uh, you you know, uh, uh, three quarters of a pound, of actual material followed by three quarters of a pound of actual material. Uh, that is, that's going to be a pound and a half total times 0.65. So that's roughly one pound of AI. That's going to be going down in your area. That's going to be sufficient, right? And that's uh, going to that be, you're solid. way yeah. you're not, you're not going to be tied to your rate of, of granular and, and where that can be a problem is, is that, you know, it may say, Hey, for four-month control, apply, you know, 200 pounds an acre or whatever. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. but what rate is four months? Right. Right, is not going to say, it's just going to give you a time yeah. there, right? Or, you know, and, and that's all going to vary based on what it is. Maybe you need only a half pound of nitrogen to go down then, but you're locked in at applying a pound and a quarter like you would be with your celebrant. And now you're like, oh, man, I'm having to dump a lot of nitrogen right here in April and May. And I know I got brown patch season coming up in the in middle of May. Do I want
1: to do that and here? And, and the biggest. Well, so what what would
2: you do with the fertilizer? Like instead, like now that you're getting rid of that variable and we're just strictly mm-hmm. going getting, with liquid, you know, what do you. ahead.
1: I'm EMS, like, get EMS, yeah. get uh, or get straight. Forty-six oh oh. you see, you know when you, not not, you don't have to be liquid on that, you can be granular, you can be granular AMS, and here's the thing, by doing that, you can then tailor your rates and tailor your timing so that you're applying your fertilizer when it would actually be most beneficial and cutting off your fertilizer when it would start to become harmful because you know i was not necessarily cringing about the permagreen thing i was cringing more about putting down that much nitrogen in june i was cringing about that more okay i was cringing that that was giving me more of a more of a squeamish moment because i would be rather reluctant to be throwing down a lot of slow release nitrogen right before brown patch season in the transition zone i'd be really reluctant and by separating my fertilizer from my control products i can then taper off my nitrogen by april and have that and have that tailing off and ending so that the turf grass is not over fertilized in June and July.
0: Yeah. So of the soil tests I've seen in your area, typically you're going to be pH is going to be somewhere like 6.8 and up. Right. So really you
2: can. Yeah. I, was, I actually had um, the the lowest. The I had a bunch that I was going to send japing, but um, I, I just didn't want to bore you because everything is almost the same. There was one that the the potassium level, was pretty low uh, and the magnesium was super high, but that was just one yard but the lowest pH that I've got was out of the sandy um area like a sandstone um yard of the pH was around three point or five point four and but everything all my other yards are around six to seven, and that was the only one I've only had one that was around five point four uh pH yep. level.
0: Yeah, so you you can you can get away with ammonium sulfate and uh or you know you find out what they've got on their cheap blends. Typically like someone like ATS is going to have a fairly cheap floor stock of like a 1705 or a uh a twenty oh five. And that way you can apply it at three pounds per thousand, right? And you're only delivering point mm-hmm. six pounds of N in April, May and uh because you've got your a, a application coming up, maybe you want to run you know, a a 12012 or a a 1200 or whatever else they've got cheap on the floor because Mm -hmm. you've got an extremely expensive application of a celebrant coming down and you want to, you don't want to blow all your budget for the year on a single application. Right. So, uh, you can pick, you can pick one, it's going to be cheaper to spray celebrant too than spread it. And then also uh, you can, you can use a cheap fertilizer because you don't need to get a ton of in down, right? A third of a pound, half of a pound in, and you're going to be okay. Right. And, uh, cause it's warm. You're not getting a ton of irrigation as it is, uh, irrigation as it is. You're still getting rain then for sure. Where you are, you're going to be getting plenty mm-hmm. of rain. Right. So, <clears throat> I mean, look for what they got. What, what low analysis do you have? That's cheap. Right. And chances are they're going to have something that's like 10 bucks a bag ready to go for you. Maybe 12 bucks a bag. Like Great. And, uh, at three pounds per thousand, you know, I mean, you're spending a really, really low amount of money on your fertilizer and, uh, and, and, you know, that's going to soften that blow of your celebrant granular that's costing you 50, 60 bucks a bag. Right. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. anyway, I, that, that would be the way I, I would go for sure. Um, is, is just, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have to spray it. Um, I'm gonna make that note real quick, and then, all right, that way too. You don't you don't have to mix it up. Now you got to find something to do in in July, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and there's there's a ton of things that you can you can do, right? If you threw out the celeprin and now you want to make your tenacity application, you just opened up a ton of your budget. I probably wouldn't even apply fertilizer in July. Just make an application of tenacity. Yes, Yes. it's the hottest part of the year. For
1: for the nimble will,
3: yeah, but that's also
0: that's when your warm season grass, nimble wills, warm season grass, is going to be growing its most viciously. That would be a more opportune time to apply it. Anyway,
2: you. Am I I still putting the Pilex with it? You can put Mm -hmm. Pilex with it all day long.
0: But I would Hang I would on. pick Pilex over Tenacity for Nimblewill. Is it, or am I saying that backwards, Ray? I can't
1: remember. Okay. It's actually the other way around because... Tenacity over Pilex for Nimblewill. Yeah, because the, the difference between Pilex and Tenacity is that Tenacity has a significant soil active component, mm-hmm. whereas with Pilex, from the work that I've seen done with Pilex, Pilex hits a weed very fast and then it's gone, at least at the rates that are la- labeled for turf grass use. Whereas tenacity lingers, tenacity accumulates. So in other words, if you were doing nimble will eradication in a fescue lawn, that can even look like multiple. 4 ounces per acre applications of tenacity in the summer multiple
3: was the it's not 3 one rounds max right 3, three rounds, rounds max of on- tenacity
1: 3 rounds at 4 ounces per per acre and now, tenacity um, is-
2: the tenacity-
3: the hardest
2: another thing with the tenacity is mm-hmm. we're only 2 months away from september and I that's think okay. they say within two or one week's intervals of each other with the tenacity, is that gonna affect mm-hmm. September? No.
1: Nope. And in it's fact seed safe. In fact, the the thing about tenacity that's beautiful is that tenacity does not detrimentally affect a fescue or Kentucky bluegrass seeding. It is not at harmful. time of seeding so- though, right? No, even before, even, even before. if you're using it as oh, a okay. grassy weed eradication program prior to seeding, that tenacity is not going to carry over and negatively affect your your seeding job. It's very seed compatible, so you you can use that to as an opportunity to, for example, eradicate or substantially reduce your your nimble and other grassy weeds and then go ahead and seed in september and october and the tenacity is not and, and going that, to be harmful it's not going to hurt
2: that's without pilex right so we're not going to worry about putting pilex with that don't, don't bother leave the pilot
1: don't bother, out. No. Don't bother. No. okay don't bother because i'm going to tell okay. you what pilex
3: yeah, I'd I definitely actually, combine those. They're
0: also the same mode of action too. So you're there's the same
1: they're in the same mode of action, but what I would actually sni- combine. Someone what told I would me actually what time
0: use- you're sniffing the same fart.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> what you use pileks for, there's a spe- there's two special use cases for pilots. One is goosegrass. Goosegrass, The yeah. Other the other special use case for pilx is if you need to attempt to control Dallas grass selectively. Those are the only two I, I times. Use, that I, I use would... it
2: for that last year for Dallas grass no, was, that... was really bad around here last year in some mm-hmm. of the yards mm-hmm. for some but reason. Then... I don't know why it, it was super bad. Well, I'll tell, old... tell you this. I'll it, tell you this. It was, it was a yard that I took over mm-hmm. and she kept telling me that it was, um, it was crabgrass. She said, "My previous <laughs> lawn person said this is crabgrass."
3: Oh boy! And I boy. was like, well, "Let's
2: go look at it." And so we went over and looked at it, and I was like, "This is not crabgrass." And, well, it, had, and uh, it was it, it the, was Dallas grass.
1: It had it had the big Y shaped seed head, didn't it? The big Y shaped seed head yes. with the big seeds on it. Oh boy, that is that is Dallas grass because the crabgrass has a finer like finger, you know, seed head that's in you know in, in a clawed hand type of a configuration and the seeds are a lot finer. I mean a lot of lawn people tend to call any broadleafed grassy weed, you know, broad you know, wide grassy weed, they call it crabgrass. Okay, if it's, it's crabgrass so
3: common around here.
1: How come yep. if it's crabgrass
3: it's a perennial weed that
1: is the last thing to go dormant in the fall, but then it comes up again in the same place in the spring because I'm familiar with how Dallas grass can be perennial. Be careful about that.
0: Oh yeah, Dallas grass good. is is definitely perennial in our area. It's oh. it is oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it is terrible, and especially where. Where we are in what I would call like the, the well, I say the mid South, I mean, really anywhere, uh, uh, Southern Indiana and further South is and uh, and that, and that's probably going to go over to like East Texas, uh, or mm-hmm. central Texas. If you're anywhere in that realm, uh, you, you are going to have literally entire lawns that are Dallas grass. Uh, I challenge anyone in the North or West that wants to see Dallas grass come live where Matt and I live and you will see more Dallas (laughs) grass in those days than you will probably in the, in the rest of your life. Uh, It is hilarious how much Dallas grass is everywhere. It's comical even. Uh, And uh, a lot of times is that it's actually uh, it's, it's part of like right away mixtures and stuff. And so that's, that's how that ends up happening and and Mm -hmm. showing up everywhere. But it is, it is uh, without a doubt, just absolutely everywhere. So pilex in that example, It's going to be your friend, especially in cool season grass, right?
2: Um, Yeah. Needless to say, they was pretty happy after I did my second application of pilot.
0: (laughs) 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 I bet. I bet. (laughs) Nice. So your (laughs) next application here, where you have a slow release fertilizer in August, I'll tell you right now, I love this. I think think you nailed it here. Uh, Now, here's the thing, is that when you're looking for a slow release, this is where you got to be careful, okay? I can i uh, like uh what All right. when you look on a label let me let me find a a label to uh uh descend to, to j pink and we'll throw it on the screen and i'll uh help you understand this label uh here we'll we'll do this uh what is what is ron henry's uh website um lawn care academy of, course, like lawn academy. <laughs> of
1: course Lawn academy of course Lawn
0: oh yeah golf course lawn academy I don't even know what it is yeah,
4: <laughs>
0: it is not lawn care academy i i learned that I was like do what okay, let me find a shop i'm gonna go to uh all right just go look j pink beat me to it um j pink let's go to the uh humic max sixteen o eight okay <laughs> and we are going to look at this label of are they gonna have a a detailed- uh yes, they do okay all right uh let me go back to this window all right he's got uh that's all the horsepower and stuff uh i'm gonna put this on this screen uh jpink do you want me to send you a link to the one i'm talking about
3: is it under fertilizer where's he putting Uh, here, here here, i got you i got you Uh, and it will be,
0: go, go to the second image. And then if you just hold the mouse over it, it'll, it'll zoom in
3: on the, um, on the label there. Uh, why is it not? Has it been drinking again? Do you want to try an image? See if that works. No, hold on. Uh for some reason that input is frozen. Oh Lord, have mercy. Watch he's Working gonna earlier that. The uh so
0: there is when you when you look at a label and it says guaranteed analysis, it's gonna have total nitrogen. And then underneath it, it is going to have the nitrogen derivatives. Here we go. J Pink's a wizard. Uh And so, for example, we see here total nitrogen is 16%. 1.1% of it is ammoniacal nitrogen. 1.4% is water-insoluble nitrogen. And you see it has an asterisk next to it? Remember that, Mm -hmm. and we'll come back to it, okay? 11% is urea nitrogen, and then 2.5% is other water-soluble nitrogen, also with an asterisk after it, okay? Okay. All right, so what is the asterisk? We go down and it says 3.9% slowly available nitrogen, okay? In this particular instance, this is from uh, methylene ureas, but it might say polymer-coated ureas. It it may have all kinds of different things in there, but notice it says 3.9%, okay? We know it in total it has 16%, right? So we say 3.9%. Okay, divided by 16 is roughly 24.37% of this fertilizer is slow release. I would say if you're in August, you're probably going to want to be at minimum 50% slow release or greater. So in a 1608, that would mean you would want at least 8% to be slowly available. If it's a 20.05. And it says 15% is slowly available. That would be 15 divided by 20. Whoops. That would be 75% slow. I like that, right? So 50%, 60%, 70, 75%. All of that is is great a minimum of fifty percent, and the reason why is that you may still be fertilizing dormant grass in August, and you may feel like an absolute moron doing that right but here's the thing is that we know in August it is not going to be dormant much longer because that is when the weather shifts, okay so the, the most, the highest percentage of slow release that you can get down Hell right there, yeah. the better it is going to be. Um, and I would say that only choose 50% if it's irrigated, for example, right? Then you've got 50% of it that's quick, 50% that's slow. That means that 50% quick is going to give you a fast woof. If you have to let it There's sit there, one long line the rain, that's hurt, hurt it. then perfect. So... There are other products out there that are going to be 100% slow, right? And uh, and it may be made of uh, XCU. It might be Duration. Is that, is that Demay in here? Fucking Demay's in here. He's out there. By the way, Demay won an award tonight for being one of the most badass fucking professionals in uh, sports turf, by the way. And just real quick, I want to I make that known that Demay, who we have on this show, He's out of town right now because he just collected an award for being a top notch, top dog, baddest dude on the effing planet. And boy, and Matt, you, you don't. Our, get our that boy's growing up on us. It is and unreal, what, and, Matt, and you you love to see it.
1: And you that is love why to see awesome. it. Right now, I am larping to me. <laughs> All right, I'm larping Roddy. Right, <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: congratulations demay and field, uh, congratulations. field source uh it is an absolute honor to have you on here uh while you're out there doing the big boy things out in the real world uh and for anybody that wants to comment on us and say uh you should you should stop being uh mean or whatever guess what demay absolutely 100 percent earned his chops to say whatever he wants to say Get
4: that's fucked.
0: It. uh yes, there it is. Thank you, J. <laughs> you nailed it. So, um, anyway, you want a minimum of 50%. And just like you told me, I would say realistically, probably looking at a 75% slow release. Right. And, uh, and so that is the way how to make the calculation on your own. So that way you can fact check whatever anyone tells you, because they may and, tell you, yeah, it's a slow release fertilizer. And
1: then you do the math on it. And you're like, this is 25% slow. And here's the other. Here's the other indicator that you're dealing with a product that is mostly fast release. When I look at the price per pound or the price per th- per thousand square foot, that's when I kind of have a clue because the products that are consisting of more delayed release nitrogen, those products tend to be. More than, say, a immediate release or a product that is only 25% slow release. Because it costs money to have fertilizer either polymerized or coated versus mm-hmm. an uncoated product. Whereas, you know, I got asked uh, earlier in the chat, how about the uh, urea for the rounds where you're you're needing fast release. And I say, oh, sure. If you can get a hold of spreadable urea, by all means, go for it. I mean, that's economical or can be economical. But then I'm guessing that if you're talking about dropping the application right in that transition point between summer and fall, mm, I think 50 to 60% all the way up to seventy five percent slow release may be a good idea, especially if your lawns are not irrigated.
3: Mm hmm. Perfect.
1: Right. Especially if not.
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I hope I hope that makes sense, right? That um, uh, especially how to calculate that. And please, God Almighty, fact check everything anyone tries to sell you. Sometimes it may just be a mistake yeah. they made sometimes they may be they just don't know and a lot of that is out there especially on the sales side as well too that they have been told uh that it is a complete and total slow release and then they sell it to you and then you look at the label and you're like well, i don't i don't know what's <laughs> slow release in here at all as a matter of fact so anyway fact check everything uh then you have seating okay I am with you on this, whether you choose to put down fertilizer with your seed or not is totally up to you, especially if you use a quality slow release in round five in August, and then you're seeding in September and October. Maybe as I'm rolling in October, yeah. The ones I'm doing in September, probably not. And the reason why is this. Finding a low salt index fertilizer that is not going to uh, have some sort of impact on your germination rates is going to be really hard to do and really expensive. And so if you're going out with a good product on round five, skipping skipping fertilizer with your seed, you're probably not going to tell a difference. No big
1: deal. Don't tell anybody, but
0: they'll never know. They'll never know, <laughs> and, uh, and you're, you're going to be perfectly okay. Now, what is important is that, especially if you skip fertilizer on seeding, hurry up and get out there on round seven and get your quote-unquote winterizer down. When you're looking for a winterizer, this is what you're looking for, either urea or ammonium sulfate. Okay. Traditional Three. winterizers are going to have a boatload of potassium in them. Steer away from them. If anyone tries to tell you that sell you anything that contains anything other than just nitrogen, tell them to pound sand. That's not what I want. I said I want either spreadable urea or spreadable ammonium sulfate, and that's it. There's no debate about it. I'm not looking for anything else. I want one of those two things. Thanks. Um, and that is that is that's it. That's that's all you got to do, and that's your best way around around the year. Now. Uh, we're running out of time. That's why I'm trying to hurry up here. Uh, uh,
3: for your Bermuda, for your Bermuda, <laughs> right? If you notice, your fertilizer
0: rounds on your program here, right, are going to be spring and fall, right? And we're doing we're doing just some real baby pussyfoot and stuff as it's getting warm outside just to keep it going because I know you get a ton of uh rain up there when you do get rain you're getting monumental amounts of rain uh you mm-hmm. know I've seen the Ohio River flood I've seen McLe- McLean County underwater I've seen all of it it is you get a you get a ton of rain out there right so um mm-hmm. when you then when you don't get rain you get none so anyway oh, point being is that um <laughs> Like in your, in your spring and, and fall, that, that's really when we're fertilizing cool season grass. You're thinking about it backwards with Bermuda grass. When it's cool outside, you're spraying your prodiamine and your, your weed control, and you're not fertilizing. Nothing. You're not putting down nitrogen. You're not putting down potassium. You're not doing anything. Probably till about May. Until May, you're just doing prodiamine and weed control may hits now you're starting a fertilizer and what's funny is that with bermuda the hotter it is the more the bermuda wants the fertilizer and you're going to think man it is a hundred and nine degrees outside with a hundred and eighteen degree heat index and you pull up on the bermuda lawn and you're like no way i can fertilize
3: this right now
1: you want to yes. bet you yes, want to i mean and it's going to feel weird, but yeah,
3: it wants
2: well, it. I'm thinking last year I did. Every three weeks I went out with a forty six oh I think it's what it was, of nitrogen. Nitrogen. It, it may nitrogen. not have been that, but every three weeks I went out that he wanted me to hit it. And that was towards almost the end of summer where he was like, hey, I didn't realize he wanted to keep spending the money. And I was just like, I was kind of reluctant. But then we went. Because I just got one yard Bermuda, and let me tell you, it is all Bermuda. It, it's it's awesome. a beautiful ground. It's a it's a beautiful yard. I love it. Um, and, and I know we're running out of time, but um, uh, so I this year I want to go at the start of uh of May every three weeks nitrogen every three weeks nitrogen. he wants me to hit it with nitrogen nitrogen.
1: nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can keep on going with the nitrogen right up until I want to see. August
3: August because when does your bermuda go dormant in your area
2: Well um
3: when does it probably, typically shut down for
1: the year Uh Halloween uh,
2: yeah I was I, I was going to say the beginning of October to the end of October is, okay, is when it's because
1: you start to consider backing off of your nitrogen in by September. You know, your last feedings should be done in September because by October and November, that's when you allow the Bermuda to go dormant for the winter. And conversely, uh as it's going dormant for the winter is exactly when you should be applying its winter pre-emergence.
3: you know that's
1: that's when you uh, do a real solid one and make sure that that lawn is the lawn that does not have green polka dots of poa all over it in the winter
2: it's really thick um and and the only issues I've had with the weeds is hairy bittercrisp and mm-hmm. onions and garlic um mm-hmm. And a little bit of thistle. We fought a lot of thistle. It, his Bermuda got s- some kind of damage in the winter time uh, last year, and so it almost killed off his whole side yard. Uh, but then, mm-hmm. like a lot of thistle, hairy bittercress, and it was all coming up over there on that side. So, and then um, uh, it was a whole thing. But we got to take care of, and the Bermuda started coming in a little bit towards the end of the season. It started covering, you know, recovering a little bit. Um, but his biggest thing is, um, he most, <laughs> you're going to love this with a John Deere tractor, um, mm-hmm. at like, uh, like almost two inches, uh, two and three quarters. I think that's what he does in it. And it scalps so bad because mm-hmm. he's got a bumpy lawn. Um, mm-hmm. so he's wanting me to see about what I can do about sand capping it. And the, oh, the problem I have <laughs> is, is I can't really do it in the summertime because I'm so. Is he doing
0: a three point hitch finish cut on his, on his tractor? No,
2: man. Well, well, it's, no, 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 no. no. It's, it's a, it's a, it's not like a, it's a, uh, it's a riding John Deere mower with a deck, you know, you can, you can change the deck out. It's, it's not a big John Deere tractor. Okay, okay. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's a riding.
1: It's a garden tractor. It's like a garden tractor. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Uh huh. And, and so
1: you're not gonna get a level enough
2: sand capping it. For uh, that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because if, uh, if you
0: did it once a year for f- five years, maybe you're probably starting to make good progress. Can because you can you do it other than
2: summertime?
1: No. You know, not not Bermuda, recommended. No. no. You see, okay. here's the thing about sand capping Bermuda.
3: You can sand cap Bermuda
1: like several inches deep even in the summer. Sand cap it deep, throw down your urea application, let it grow through the sand. However, when I'm thinking about larger areas of Bermuda, I start to think about toe-behind reel mowers. If somebody's got more than a half an acre of Bermuda, and they're not at green, golf green height. I'm thinking of a toe behind reel mower. And the reason why toe behind. He has
2: a little less than an acre with two yards together. um, And and they're all Bermuda.
1: That's still toe behind reel mower type of a situation because. Dude,
0: he he, he would. It would literally be cheaper for him to do that. And he would get better results than you would
3: be sand capping it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You would do better to get an appropriate mower rather than try to sand this because the deal with trying to use a rotary mower like that on Bermuda and do it at a low height is your turf area then has to be like countertop flat. It has to be like laser straight anything else and that rotary mower deck is going to scalp
0: and okay. I, obviously there are friends of sand capping in this chat right now connor ward is definitely cheering <laughs> on Coleman hey, probably has done the most insane sand cap i've ever seen in my laugh uh, in my life uh it is i will say for experience you should do
2: it once uh
4: <laughs>
0: especially if this guy I don't have the machine to just,
2: do that and and I don't, none of our rental companies have anything to, and I'm not shoveling it and I'm not throwing it out. No, no, so no, 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 no no, 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 I, no, no, I'm trying to figure out a way that if a rental company sub it, one, subcontract I, it.
0: I guarantee you, if you go to the super of one of the golf courses within a 30 mile area, supers there are going to make, uh, would be would love to do that as a weekend job for you. Um, mm-hmm. And so sub it out and, you know, even if you, if you really like this customer and you just want to see it done, you know, maybe just put like 10% on it or something, sub it out to this guy and, uh, and, and l- let him get the job done. I, I will say, th- will the guy be happy with it? Yeah, for sure. Is it going to be laser level after one sand cap? No, I mean, re- it's going to take years to get it laser level. I mean, Connor Ward has a damn near laser level on and how many times has he sand capped his lawn? I mean, it's Every a lot, month. right?
4: <laughs>
0: not that aggressive, but he's done it many times. Right. And it, and it takes, it takes a lot to do that. And, um, and so anyway, I, it, when you have, when you have solid state decks like that, um, they're just, they're not going to be very forgiving of any kind of undulation. And so you, you do need it, really, here's the other thing, the way those things turn, they don't turn great. And so all that sand capping you do, and he gets out there and he starts running his mower on it, yeah. Every time he turns, mm-hmm. he's gonna start cutting cutting wheel marks into it. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not the best. I would I would invest in a mower first, uh, and then and then sand cap it second. And especially like Ray said, even if it's a if it's a, a, a toe behind, uh, it would be it would be a big game changer. A tow, yeah, right a toe behind
1: a toe behind real mower of some tight because this company no longer is in operation but i remember telling a person for their half acre bermuda turf go get yourself a three gang tow behind reel mower and what these people did was they hooked it up to their utility vehicle and they just pulled it across the lawn, and Matt, how's this for nutty? They were mowing that Bermuda at like five-eighths of an inch.
2: That's crazy.
1: Common Bermuda. Of course, I, ha- I had the fertilizer and weed control program on that, on that turf area, but uh, they were mowing it anywhere from one to two times per week with a toe-behind three-gang three reel. And that lawn looked almost like fairway. So the customer was happy. (laughs) All right. So, and here's the thing about that lawn. That freaking lawn was so bumpy. It was not funny. It It was not exactly
3: flat. But with the real mower, they were able to do a cut that both they and I could live with. uh
0: uh, 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 okay i was typing that in there uh
3: okay so uh,
0: we're we're gonna have to wind this up man you're gonna have to come back on because uh we need to add mosquitoes fleas and ticks trees and shrubs and uh and maintenance and and that way you can start narrowing down on a lot of this uh to have an all-in-one inclusive program um, I am going to share this with you, uh, so that way you can at least really see the progress we have made on it. Uh, here, I'm gonna I'm gonna send this to J Pink, and then uh, J Pink can share that with him. And
3: uh,
0: I, and I think I think that makes enough sense, at least to uh, to get you started in, in some of the notes we've we've made. Uh, oh, I'm gonna make a note right here. Uh, for, <laughs> for
2: my beds, I use, um, I use, uh, sure guard, um, one ounce for a four gallon backpack sprayer and, um, um, glyphosate at, um, four ounces, an ounce per gallon
4: mm-hmm.
2: for my flower oh. beds.
1: Yeah. That's uh, perfectly sh- fine.
0: Yep. Yep. There is Very nothing cool. about that, that I would change at all. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, that that's yeah. like a solid, uh, solid program. I mean, as far as uh, weed control, I mean, so I, I have n- nothing against that. And if it works, uh, bifenthrin go
2: out with any of those, uh, through all no. of my rounds anytime.
1: Okay, no. wait a minute. Why, okay. what, why are you using bifenthrin for what?
2: Um, so, uh, fleet, uh, ticks mainly in fleas uh, for not all of my lawns, but some of them that I already
4: okay, do weed control
2: and fertilizing.
4: I got to yeah, tell so, you that.
0: Man, you got to get a skid sprayer if you want to do that.
1: So, because where and how you spray bifenthrin for ticks and other, you know, pests is far different from how you spray bifenthrin for like ants and army worm in a lawn. It's way different because, you know, for things like ticks, cockroaches, and mosquitoes, Matt, that is where I use my engine drive backpack. I send it through that machine because 500 PSI through an orchard gun.
2: Yep. In, I and, have uh, a Tomahawk uh, backpack sprayer that's five and gallons, and, and I use bifenthrin in that to that, spray. That works? the beds mm-hmm. in the shrubs and the trees for mosquitoes yep. and stuff like that
1: that works yeah and so but i we'll use the
2: permagrain to spray the lawn
4: mm-hmm. that's yeah.
0: fine so what what i would do and this and this is me and seriously you're, you're gonna have to come back and and so that way we can go through this in more detail because there's there's a lot of nuance here we need we need to cover um, and if you get what JP, we'll have you back on and we'll cover specifically meat, uh, mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, trees, and shrubs, and then building all that into like Got a that. single package. Um, but you have to isolate this. And this is where without a doubt, non-debatable, I would, I would get a skid sprayer. Um, you, your, your, your average size lawn there is just going to be way too big to do a five gallon, uh, 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 sprayer, uh, mm-hmm. profitably. Um, you're going to want more pressure. Uh, you're going to want more uh, uh, gal- uh, gallons per acre of, of diluted material, so higher spray yes. volume, and mm-hmm. uh, and really? you okay. you're, you're not going to be able to get that with just your backpack, right? And you know nozzle selection, all kinds of other things that you're going to want to do. And there's there's even you know like different okay. uh, uh, spray gun selections that you can use to help create more of that wafting effect to get you know more of like the underside of the canopy and stuff. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's a whole nother world, the micro encapsulation of, of uh, insecticides. It's a, it's a completely different game and we can't just approach it exactly like a lawn. You can't approach it with the same program. Like you do a lawn. It has to exist on its own with its own set of methodologies. And I would say even the same thing for trees and shrubs. Um, And that would be actually like maintaining trees and shrubs from a fertility standpoint as well too. Um, I think Mm -hmm. all three of those, marry up together as part of a solid maintenance uh, package and that with all of that dialed in that's going to give you the flexibility to be able to pick up 20 30 customers and that's all you maintain and uh and you are able to actually have a, a fairly nice career just doing 20 or 30 properties where you handle every aspect of it um okay, okay. it's ten fifty one. we got to get the f out of here thank you <laughs> seriously thank you for coming on and letting us go thank through all you. this and honestly, get with J Pink again to do this uh, because I do want to go through the rest of it. Yeah, we're, and we're not done you, with you yet. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And I want you <laughs> to reach out to your suppliers, uh, get prices on all this material, and let us okay. throw it in and uh, and start playing around with the actual mm-hmm. uh, budgeting side of things. Uh, so that way we can see what it looks like from an actual real business Perfect. perspective. Uh, housekeeping, don't forget we have a hundred uh, percent. Uh, thank you, thank you for coming on. We uh housekeeping, we have a podcast. You can check it, check it out on all the uh, the the podcast mediums and all that fun stuff. Also, uh my kids have a fundraiser going on right now. If you want to check that out or you want to help support Lily and Noah, by all means, feel free. It's there. If you don't want to, you can't. You can't afford it. I'm not going to be bad at you, but I thought I'd just go ahead and do that because it's for the kids. Damn it. All right, uh, Matt, thanks again. We will catch you all on the flip side. We're going to go hang out with our patrons, patreon.com forward slash burn and return. And if you have have anything else for us, uh, drop us a line. You can do that at mail at thegrassfactor.tv or you can just go to thegrassfactor.tv. I think that's got it. Also, don't forget to congratulate uh, uh, Ryan DeMay on his team, his awards, and all the fun stuff he does out there in the world. Love you all.